Hello, Star Wars fans, and welcome to the seventh episode of Clone Wars Revisited, a show where we discuss Clone Wars episodes in chronological order. This week, we're talking about Ambush. I am your host, Kent Blue Milk Latte Salas, and I'd like to welcome our co-host to the show, the best Star Wars bud a guy could have, Chris Christophsis Mead. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, welcome back. Um, so we're going to be getting to this episode here very shortly, but first, uh, Chris, let's go over uh, our Star Wars adventures uh, from this past week. Um, shoot, I don't really, I don't know if I have any Star Wars adventures this week. Other than disappointing ones, yeah, I've got well, I've got I got a bunch of Star Wars comics waiting for me on the comic book store, and because of my new work schedule, I can only ever go get them on Saturdays. So I go all the way down yeah. there on Saturday, only to find out, only to get all the way down to the door, ring the doorbell a couple times, and then check their Facebook page that they had some kind of emergency and were closed. Oh man! So I'm kind of out. So I got like two issues of Darth Vader waiting for me. I've got one issue of Star Wars. I got the trade paper for the Rise of Kylo Ren down there for me. Yeah. So I got some good Star Wars reading ahead of me if I can ever pick it up. Yeah, I'm announcing it right now. Uh, We will do a coverage episode of the Rise of Kylo Ren um, because I need to finish it. I have issues one, three, and four. I don't have number two. I need to get number two. So, uh, yeah, I'm also going to be getting that trade paperback. And you and I will read it uh, together here in this next couple of weeks, and we'll do an episode on it. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was one of those comics where I didn't, I wasn't following closely enough to know when it was coming out, and all of a sudden I was looking through like the new releases for the week, and it was out, and like there it was, and I was like, oh crap! And then by the time I got down to my comic book store, they were out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's so from the three out of the four issues that I did read, it was pretty phenomenal. So. I'm excited yeah. to fill in the gap there of the number two issue. Yeah, um, that was good. And I'm super excited about the, the Darth Vader comic is my favorite Star Wars comic right now that I'm reading. Yeah. Yeah. Do you recall randomly who the author is on that one? For the writer, I mean? Not off the top of my head. Okay. I was just curious. Uh, the main guy that I like right now, as far as like Star Wars comics goes, is Charles Soule, who is uh, the one who wrote... Um, Darth Vader Volume 2. He also wrote uh, The Rise of Skywalker. He did also like a Lando uh, like miniseries real quick. He's done a, oh, a few yeah. others. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. I have the Lando miniseries. It was uh, Nothing to Lose or I don't know, something. Yeah. Something gambling related. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as far as like the comics go, he I think is like the top notch writer right now for, for Marvel. Um. As far as my adventures from this past week, I've uh, just been reading um, Star Wars Black Spire Outpost, I believe. It has uh, it's stars B. Marathi, who's the blue-haired spy that when you guys go to Batu in real life, she's there kind of like looking around, doing her thing, doing reconnaissance for, uh, for the Resistance. Uh, it's a pretty cool book. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, I admit, no, no, yeah. A lot of people like hit face value probably think, oh, it's just like a silly like tie-in book just to like yeah. promote the new land. Okay. It has yeah. a pretty kick-ass story so far. It's pretty much think of uh, think of a spy spy thriller type story, 
But at the heart of it, it also has like an unlikely friendship between Vimarati, the resistance officer, and a ex-First Order um, officer. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty, no, it's pretty interesting stuff, especially if you're into the sequel trilogy. It kind of goes into um, a lot of the politics of the time. Leia makes a brief appearance in there at the beginning. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, as I was curious what those what the, the novels were like, I have the five part comic book series about Galaxy's Edge with, that came yeah. out when the land was opening, and it's not bad except that like there are a couple moments that are a little cash in-y. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's, like there's literally a scene in one of them where they they pan where there's some some panel about how great Ronto raps are or something, and you're just like, oh. really? We put a whole panel yeah. on Ronto wraps. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Got to tie it in somehow. But yeah, no, I was re- so as we uh, here are on the West Coast, um, we haven't been able to get to Batu at all. So I've just been dying to go. So I figured I would dive into a book to to satisfy my itch a little bit. Um, I was one one of the good Star Wars things I did see this week is I saw some of the. Uh, pictures are coming out from that new lightsaber book that book looks pretty cool yeah like yeah, there's yeah. some there's some they show like leia's lightsaber in some more detail because you kind of don't really get a good look at it in the movie but yeah. then like in the you know in the book they'll have a, they have a, an actual like full-blown picture of it and it's pretty cool yeah 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 that's pretty yeah i'm excited for that book to come out. i think it's like october or november something like that Dude, this like i mean every year is like this but like this october in November, there's a lot. There's some really good Star Wars stuff coming out between yeah. you know Squadrons and Lightsaber Book and something. Something else is coming out too. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Or, hey, we're like coming up like right on when Celebration was supposed to be, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Next yeah. next <laughs> next week or two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we would all be getting uh, getting our little um, badges and everything in the mail right now. Getting yeah. All excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just two more years, guys. Just two more years. Just think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like a long time, but I mean, what? 2018. So just think about like Solo feels like it came out just like a few weeks ago, and that was two years ago. So yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess I like the last last time we did celebration was when, Yeah. Well, no, it was when uh, Force Awakens came out. So yeah, 2015. Yeah, yeah, good times. All right, so here getting into uh, this week's Clone Wars Revisited uh, episode, um, we're going to be going over Ambush. Uh, it is the first. I'm sorry, it is the fifth episode chronologically, and it is set in the year 22 BBY. It is the very first episode of the first season originally debuting on October 3rd, 2008. Um, yeah, it was the pretty much the first taste we got of seeing it on the small screen. Uh, not, you know, not including the movie, which everybody, not everybody, but a few people saw in theaters. Um, yeah, and it was the first time we saw a Star, War, Star Wars um, TV show on the small screen, aside from, like, you know, the little cartoons and stuff from the 80s. Well, uh, you know, and just to kind of, you know, to touch on that a little bit because uh, you know uh, I was you know I was excited when the show came out and I was really excited to follow it from day one and I thought it was a really interesting choice for first episode 
Because coming off of the movies, you'd expect like a big Anakin, Obi-Wan, you know, epic space battle thing. And that's not what we get here. And it's it's interesting that they that they pick what they do. It's a very it's very small episodes in a lot of ways. Because it's basically just, you know, Yoda and three clones. And that's basically the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it is the episode itself is written by Steve Melching. Uh, and directed by Dave Bullock. Interesting fact uh, about Dave Bullock. This was a one-and-done episode for the director. Um, I guess he, (laughs) I don't know, he had some bad grapes, or who knows what went on behind the scenes. Maybe he was just contractually obligated to get it off the ground. Who knows? Uh, We know Dave Filoni is, of course, in the supervising director role throughout the series, and George Lucas served as executive producer, um, but it's just interesting. I don't think we see normally throughout the series where a director just does a one and done sort of thing. Um, they usually they're in it for at least at least three to five episodes, if not a lot more. Well, especially uh, if I was the director of the first episode, unless I mean, unless they they built this season order later and just you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how animation works exactly where they you know, and just with like we talk about this, like you don't know. Since they don't really have a huge overarc over the whole show, they can kind of you know jump around in these episodes. They don't necessarily have to have like you know, uh, oh man, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but it is interesting that like that yeah, these are one and done. So it's like yeah, what was it because this is the first episode and he's just like yeah, I'm done. Or yeah. was there, they do this one like later and they they wrote this one later uh, in their process. And they just needed someone to fill in real fast to finish this one up. Who knows? One interesting little factoid that you can find on Wikipedia when you look up the director, just because I like to look up the random cast members and stuff for these podcast episodes, is he his main credits actually are storyboard storyboard artist on a lot of different okay. projects. And it is interesting to note that typically, especially with the Clone Wars, they didn't use storyboards as much as they do on other animated shows. They you they do like cinematic previs on a lot of stuff. So like more more animatics. Yeah. So I mean, it might have been something like, "Yeah, I am not the guy for this. Um, sorry," <laughs> sort of thing. Who knows though? It yeah. could have been a very amicable, you know, "Hey, thanks, but no thanks," sort of thing. We'll move. We'll never right. know unless we get uh, Mr. Bullock here on the ep- on the podcast. You know. Um. So the episode to me ambush overall. It was uh, it was pretty good. It was it was decent. Uh, you know, it's not too high, not too low for me on the rankings. Um, it had some feel good stuff in there. Uh, how did you feel about it, Chris? I thought it was good. Uh, you see, there's some there's some fun. I, I like some of the stuff to do with Yoda. I think Yoda is much more what we think of of Yoda from the movies, or at least from the original trilogy movies. Maybe not so much from the prequel movies, but from the original trilogy movies. He's yeah. much more. He's much more true to that, where he's kind of mischievous and yeah. intentionally yeah. misleading, but like powerful beyond, like you know, more powerful than he comes across. Like I don't know, and super like, wise. Yeah, see, there's a lot of that kind of stuff where, like, you know, talking in riddles all the time. You know, yeah, it, you know, it, you can kind of tell like they they're really kind of homaging that version of Yoda. Um, when we see him later on, he's you know he's a little more prequel Yoda, where he's a little more straight. Um, this was definitely kind of an Empire Strikes Back style Yoda, a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, it was good. I mean, it, it has some of my problems I have some of the earlier seasons of the show. Like, droids are super dumb, and I don't know why. <laughs> why, why are they intentionally so dumb? I, I don't know. Well, we'll there's a couple scenes in there. You're just like, why? Why would a droid do that? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because the kids are watching Chris, and they need to make jokes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah, no droid. Yeah. It's just I don't know. That's, yeah. that's my biggest so, uh, problem. So the moral. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, you go. No, go ahead. You're fine. I was just going to get on my soapbox about dumb droids again. That I just right, don't so the moral set at the beginning of the episode is uh, great leaders inspire greatness in others. Um, so this is spot on uh, description here for uh, lead-in monologue for this episode uh, delivered by the always amazing voice actor Tom Kane is as follows. A galaxy divided by war. Peaceful worlds must choose sides or face the threat of invasion. Republic and separatist armies vie for the allegiance of neutral planets. Desperate to build a Republic supply base on the system of Toydaria, Jedi Master Yoda travels to secret negotiations on a remote neutral moon. Um, <clears throat> and then here uh, starts off with Yoda is dispatched to the dried coral moon of Ragosa to convince King Kitunko, who we've seen in a previous episode, to allow the Republic to build a base in Toydarian territory. As the Toydarian monarch, King Kitunko and his associates await the arrival of their Jedi envoy. Asajj Ventress arrives and presents Kitunko with a hollow... I'm sorry? Oh, I was going to say, I thought it was... It's interesting how they weave all these episodes together because we kind of, because um, I didn't, I don't remember all the Toydarian stuff when, uh, until I started rewatching it and I was like, oh, we just saw the episode where the king agreed to join, you know, possibly join, you know, consider joining the Republic and yeah. probably put a base in his system. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they really, you know, they, there's a, when you watch them in order like this, you really see how they, had a lot like they had a lot of story threads they they didn't waste like yeah. things all came back <laughs> yeah so sure. yeah, they, they did this episode and they're and they're and someone at some point was like well how what you know what why the Tordarians not want to join the republic and why was you know what was he talking about like what you know why would there be some debate about it and then you go back like well let's write an episode about that and then like it leads you back to then you know and go back and back and back and then you have this really well written like universe like the, the universe is very fleshed out because they just kind of keep circling around back to things and picking up loose ends and everything else yeah yeah even going beyond that uh, i mean that's <laughs> that's kind of been disney's bread and butter the past you know five six years is going back and filling in the holes of right things that we didn't know um oh, granted, this disney at the time though remember this was still lucasfilm yeah. The film was his own thing. Correct, correct. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is, I guess you build a story and you build a... You do so much good world building and your, your original things that you make that it's like a joy just to go back in and fill the, the plot points. In right. There. And right. you can't really... You can't necessarily do that with any property. Right. Uh, yeah. 
Um, some of the, I mean, not to sidebar too much here to a different franchise, but that was kind of some of my favorite stuff in Avengers Endgame is uh, Tony Stark going back uh, and seeing his father and then, Cap, uh, you know, Steve Rogers seeing, um, you know, the base that uh, his his love interest is at and stuff like that. Kind of not filling in the plot points necessarily, or plot holes, but filling in just like the history of their stories. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so it's always a fun, uh, story, story using tool, I think. Um, so Asajj Ventress arrives and presents, uh, Katunko with a hologram of Count Dooku, who attempts to express the Jedi's supposed incapability to protect Toydaria in hopes of swaying the king to his cause. In orbit of the Rugosa moon, two banking clan frigates ambush Yoda's ship forcing him to take an escape pod while his ship escapes the system. Three clones, uh, Lieutenant Thyre, Jack, and Reese, accompany him to the surface. I kind of, so, Chris, let me ask you this. I think it's kind of cool. I mean, yes, I know that uh, this is the very first episode and they didn't know that they were going to be going this way. I kind of would have liked to have seen uh, Bravo, no, yeah, Bravo Squad, some of those members protecting Yoda, since chronologically we just saw them leave and join the war, I thought right. it was really cool to see them. But I mean, it's cool. We can see some new clones too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's the interesting thing. There's, there's always clones and they're all, you know, a little different. They all have their own names that they kind of have picked for themselves or have been given or whatever else. And, you know, that's, uh, I do like that this episode is clone centric, you know, even though it's like the first episode and you want to do, you know, Jedi's wrecking stuff and there is that but you still have like there's still like clones are the heart of the story <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah exactly it is the its namesake the clone wars yeah you're right yeah so the republic uh frigate leaves the system a move that Saj ventress spins to the king as a sign of weakness her attempts at persuasion are interrupted however by a holographic call from yoda himself in which the jedi master offers his greetings Ventress then suggests a deal. If Yoda can escape her best troops, then Toydaria will be free to join the Republic. But if he should fail and the droids prevail, Toydaria will join the Separatists. A good old bet. A good old-fashioned bet. Um, agreeing to Ventress's Yoda and his troops march through the Coral Forest as a Separatist landing ship carrying a full battalion of droids arrive. And in the show, when you watch it, it's not just like ten to twenty droids showing up. It's like six hundred of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like one Jedi Master named Yoda, three little clones—not little, three normal-sized clones—and uh, about six thousand droids, I think. Uh, maybe, maybe less, but there's a lot of them. There's at least three ships worth of droids coming down. Yeah, well, that's part of the discussion. Is that uh, the kings is something about? You know that uh that one Jedi is worth a hundred droids is you know is as good as a hundred droids, uh-huh. and then like the Ventress like cheats by bringing in like six hundred droids to kind yeah. of like stack the stack the deck a little bit. Yeah, and you're like, well, that's not very cool. Yeah, there's also some interesting stuff later on where it's a weird, and this this is probably maybe because this is the first episode or in the first season, but the way the the way the waves of droids come at them is kind of weird. Where it's like first you get the normal droids. Then you get the the beat the the heavy the heavy droids. 
then you get droidicas and then there's tanks and you're like this seems like a video game where it just keeps getting one level harder every time yeah 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 i met you but yeah i mean i kind of like it i like it that's kind of one of the reasons one of the many reasons why i enjoyed the mandalorian um not to spoil too much but like as you watch all eight episodes of The Mandalorian, it's kind of like you're playing a video game in the sense of he gets upgrades, he gets new armor, he gets allies. Right. You know, it's kind of fun like that. Um, it's, it's very Metroid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the lazy gamer part of me just loves the, the little cutscenes and stuff. So The Mandalorian right. is like one epic, awesome cutscene. And I don't have to pull my hair out, uh, you know, fighting a droid over and over, a droid boss or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, if, if it was a video game, I'd probably give up when he tries writing the blurgs and I like keep falling off. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably give up, give up right there. Yeah. Like, right. Keep, keep, keep on the quick time event for it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> so agreeing to Ventress's proposal. Uh, yeah. Yoda and his troops are marching. Um, Let's see here. And Yoden's men face off against a large number of droids and several tanks. The tanks find it difficult to penetrate the dense coral forest, forcing the droid commander 224 to send his troops out on foot, which allows the clones to ambush, there you go, uh, them in small groups. Eventually, though, uh, Thyre, one of the clones, is wounded and the group is forced to retreat. The Yeah, the group is forced to retreat there. Um... What do you think about the atmosphere of the planet? Because like there's like coral and stuff going on. It kind of feels like you're in a big fish tank. Yeah, it's it's very much like that, just not underwater. <laughs> no, it's pretty cool. Like the the, the it, well, that's what the the cool thing about doing you know a, a show of Clone Wars is that you have the freedom to make planets look as weird as you want. Yeah, and they go to a bunch of planets that you would never think we're going to go to. I believe later on in the show we end up going to the Trade Federation homeworld of Nemordia. And I think we go, you know, a bunch of weird just places. We're like, okay, sure. Yeah. But like, you couldn't do them anywhere else. Like, like we kind of talked about when we did the movie one, that whole vertical battle up the side of the mountain. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it would look, I don't know if it would be as successful looking in live action as you can in animation. I think this is another planet where it looks really pretty because of this, this art style, this kind of CG, but also like painted at the same time kind yeah. of look like really like they can do some really kind of cool things with the, with the, the set designs and the you know backgrounds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One and then one of the things that I uh, liked, or one of the cool planets that I liked that they go to in the Clone Wars, which is way later on, um, but it's like I think they go to the place where the Mon Calamari live and they have to go like underground and they're like in scuba gear and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a, no, no, it's a kid pisto episode. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah. Cause he's, he's a, he's a water breathing Jedi so you can do underwater stuff. Yeah. Um, Yoda and the clones uh, make their way to a dried gulch lined with caves to rest and recover inside a cave which is where you know forest builders always do their their best and their worst is deep inside of a cave <laughs> the clones are less than enthusiastic about their current situation and they find themselves outnumbered and outgunned 
To raise spirits, Yoda gives his troopers a small lesson about them being individuals, despite their origin as clones. And that is their mind, which makes them strong, not their numbers or their weapons. Um, I like it because he has them take off their masks, and then the clones say, like, I don't know, there's not much to look at, we all look the same. And then Yoda says, yeah, but these are all very much so different. Um, again, right. hammer that we go to like every other episode of these clones are special they have souls they're and you know like yeah they're not they're just, people uh, yeah they're not just meat bags designed to kill 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 right yeah um so kind of going into what each clone is afraid of or cares about um reese uh is always concerned with his enemy but yoda that's what yoda says and needs to look uh, to himself and his allies to overcome, uh, you know, always just thinking about where the enemy is or what the enemy is doing and stuff like that. Uh, Jack is always concerned about weapons like jamming and ammunition. Um, and he has to remind him that his most powerful weapon is actually his mind, not necessarily the weapons that he cares uh, so much about. And then uh, Thire, he's, he's the wounded one. He tells him to survive the battle essentially is to win the battle. So <laughs> essentially just to stay alive and we got to make it through this and we will win. Yeah. Um, did you like this? Uh, I feel like this was like the heart of the episode too, this like little moment in the cave. Did you feel that way while watching it too, Chris? Yeah, no, it definitely was. It's, it's, it's the emotional center of this whole episode is this whole scene with Yoda and, you know, importing wisdom, inspiring them and, you know, teaching the viewers lessons about that clones aren't, you know, are, are people and not just mindless killing machines. Yeah. Yeah. One interesting little note about this episode, just in the middle of it, is that most of these episodes will have like an A plot and a B plot. So you'll have like, you'll be following two different parties of characters going about their thing. This one's pretty straightforward. It's just Yoda and the clones. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, there is King Tatunko with Asajj Ventress doing their side bet, but it is all dependent on Yoda and these clones. So you're pretty much with them throughout most of the episode. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very simple, you know, and, and you know, either because it, that's by design or by, you know, virtue of early on in the production, you know, cycle. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's very, it's very clean. It's very simple. Um, there isn't like a weird race for time where, you know, they're waiting for reinforcements for the Republic to show up or Anakin or Obi-Wan are on their way and they're cutting back to them. Like, racing through hyperspace trying to get to yoda on time there's none of that it's just just yoda yeah yeah so uh as the droid column approaches and uh master yoda decides to face them alone ordering his troops to stay out of sight until their help is truly needed the droids report the current situation to ventress who in turn orders them to open fire yoda ends up cutting the whole battalion to pieces pretty much by himself yeah. And, yeah, and uh, angered, Ventress sends out ten droid decars uh, to deal with the Jedi Master, which kind of begs the question: Why wouldn't she just lead with that? You right. Know? I mean, maybe they're more expensive, but would you rather just you know lose those guys and know that the other BD one droids won't take care of it, or you know lose however much all the BD one droids are worth, and then also on top of that, I don't know, I don't know the tactics and economics to think about for another day, I guess. I don't know. Well, and also in this scene, I don't know if it's this scene or it's soon after this, brought up my other bigger questions. 
when one of the droids gets promoted. I don't understand that, but I guess we just kind of go with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, cool. So what does that even mean? Like, do you, does he get a raise? Probably not, because they probably no. currency. Yeah. Does he um, get a new, I mean, I guess he gets a new cool backpack that has, like, the transponder codes for the rest no, of the droids? Chris, he gets a new paint job. Yeah, he does. He gets, he gets yellow. He earns his yellows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just before the droid cars can finish uh, Yoda off, Thyre launches their last rocket at an overhanging bluff, sending an avalanche of rock crashing down on the droid Dakar reinforcements. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool scene. It was pretty like heroic and stuff. I really liked uh, seeing the missile going across the screen. And you're like, yes, they're gonna win. Well, then there's uh, also that there's also that the thing that Yoda says. Because when they first get there, they're like, "Well, we got one rocket, uh, two, like two grenades, and whatever you know, and, and and whatever bullets in our gun. That's all we got." And Yoda's like, "Well, you'll you'll use them, but you'll know when." And then yeah. it's like this perfect moment where it's like, "Oh, that's what he meant." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you'll use them. Peace out. I gotta go fight now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of trust if you think about. It. Like, I don't know. Uh... If I were in the same situation, I don't know if I'd be that trust, you know, trusting of uh, folks. But I mean, yeah. that, then again, he is uh, wise beyond his years, and I'm just, I'm just me. So, yeah. Um, Katunko is impressed by the display, and opts to have Toydaria join the Republic. Yay! <laughs> Furious about the outcome, Dooku orders Ventress to kill the king. Ventress knocks the king's Toydarian royal guards unconscious and prepares to deal the killing blow. But Master Yoda arrives just in time, stopping Ventress mid-swing. And this is probably my favorite shot in the entire uh, episode. Um, yeah. Yoda shows up, and it's, yeah, it's kind of like in Rise of the Skywalker, I think, when they're like, uh, when Kylo and Rey are battling on the, uh, the drowned Death Star, and they're like bending the lightsabers back on each other. It was kind of right. similar to that. Minus the bendy. He just kind of stops at midair. Right. Yeah, it was like my favorite shot. I was like a total hero moment, and it was kind of unexpected because I expected just like a green lightsaber to like come up and stop her, but no, he's straight up just using the force. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was super cool. And yeah. he just kind of shows how powerful Yoda is, even against another, you know, force user. Yeah. And then Yoda even like trash talks her a little bit too. Yeah. And, and like he, he makes her like look so. Like not powerful, just because I guess you know of how strong he is. He like pretty much just like knocks her back. I think. Yeah. Well, he he, yeah, he knocks her back, and then at some point he does the alpha move, and he just like he just takes her lightsabers and he gives them back to her. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just because he can, you know. He's like, these are mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So rather than surrender, Ventress quickly triggers an avalanche with pre-planted explosive charges, using it as a distraction. And uh, she escapes in her solar sailor. Uh, King Katunko gladly accepts Yoda's offer to join the Republic. And the Republic gunships come to retrieve the group. And uh, our three clones and Yoda uh, successfully get um, get their, their base uh, there. And they successfully survive their mission. So it was good. Um, that yeah. Pretty, yeah, that pretty much brings us up on the end of uh, the ambush uh, episode. Um, it, to me, it was pretty good. It was, I thought, uh, I mean, if you would have told me 
that a Yoda centric episode was going to be like this. I would I would have expected something different, but I was pleasantly surprised with what we got. Yeah, I mean, you don't necessarily think when you think of Yoda, you don't necessarily think of him like as a front lines guy. Correct. You think he's 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 back on he's on the ship or he's in the temple or he's he's quarterbacking it from you know from the command center. He's not necessarily boots on the ground like leading missions. Like I even feel like him even going to negotiate this, uh, you know, the this base on Toydaria is a, kind of beneath him. Yeah. Like, why not send, like, this seems like an Obi-Wan mission, or it seems like a... Uh, or even Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Yeah, like a, like, call. Like, a, like a Mace, you know, mission, not necessarily a Yoda mission, is like the kind of the head of the Jedi at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, on a scale of one to ten, what what do you think you would give this episode? Hmm, I, I might go eight. Okay. I, I think eight. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven. Okay. I'm gonna go seven. Not that not you know not that it was bad or anything like that. It's just um yeah I don't know just a just a seven for me. All right. Yeah. For it being the very first, you know, episode uh that is released, uh unleashed upon the world, it uh it was pretty good. Um I think it kinda this it might just be just because uh I am where I I'm at in my life and I'm not, you know, like a, a nine to twelve year old, I don't know. But uh, you know, I, I prefer my Star Wars just a little bit different than that. But I think if I was younger I would have given it given it like a ten out of ten, you know? Um but yeah. I mean, it's definitely, definitely a good intro episode. It really kind of, you know, hits a lot of the. You there's a lot of the hints of what's to come in there, and that it was so clone centric, and the clones are you know really given a fair shake as far as characterization. That I, you know, it's a good kind of uh, overview of what's to come. Where you know you have the force, and you have some weird things with the force going on, yeah. and you know, things like that. But then at the end of the day, yeah, and then. So yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely like you see the the future of the show in this one episode. Yeah, and who knows how they were supposed to come out? I mean, this is how it came out for sure, right? This is actually what happened. Right. But yeah, it is interesting to me that you they introduce Ahsoka in the film, right? Um, about right. months prior, you have Anakin in there. You have Obi Wan in there. Um, and those are like your three main characters, and none of them are in this debut episode. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, not even as a hologram, not even like yeah. name drop, not that they might as well not even exist. Yeah. So, I mean, I doubt it came to this because I doubt they care that much about you know fan reception at you know just in the in the realm of how, what order should be releasing things in, but. I wonder if they were like, hmm, well, they saw these characters and they were kind of meh with them. So let's show them another part of the galaxy and see if that excites them at all. Um, a quick note, though, uh, that I pulled out here was a lot of people, despite the film receiving so-so reception critically and all that, a lot of people, uh, I believe 3.99, almost 4 million people tuned into this episode. When, yeah. it, when it debuted so that's that's uh pretty sizable for 
for her TV debut for almost 4 million people. So, well, it's only for a show that was not on one of the. I mean, this is how, you know, years, this is long enough ago that, like, you know, that streaming was not a thing. Yeah. DVR was, was still, was still TiVo based. It was not, you, know, you didn't have it on your, you know, on your can, and every cable box didn't come with DVRs already. So, I mean, this is that number is people who like actively tuned in to watch it live. Like, that's that's so that I mean that that's pretty impressive. And, and I do remember at the time that it 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 was well received and did do big numbers in its first. I think I want to say it was like one of the highest. I think it was definitely the highest rated show on Cartoon Network of all time. Like yeah. since its inception, and it was it was it was pretty big as far as like you know even I guess other networks at the time. I don't remember what. I don't know what night they premiered on. I was. I felt like it was like Friday nights. It was a weird night. It was like it was like a Friday evenings or Saturday night type of thing where it kind of made sense but didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, another reason or another kind of big deal about this episode was it was a not. Uh, I don't think it was designed to be like you have to see this episode to see the next one, but it was a two episode drop night. So on October third. We got Ambush, which is this episode, and then the next episode, Rising Malevolence, which we will be going over on on Thursday, dropping the episode on Thursday. Um, they both debuted on the same day, right? Yeah, and I think and I think, yeah, they, they dropped those two at once, and then and I then, and then after that they were off to the races and started just doing one a week. Yeah, although I think the Malevolence ones, there's. They may have they may have grouped the malevolence ones together, or maybe I'm thinking about later in reruns. Because I remember them being like a big thing about doing a whole like night where they show the whole thing at once. Yeah. So they might have been later. They yeah. might they might have gone later and then stitched together the the three malevolence episodes that are coming up. Then the next one, the two after that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was like a re-release later on because uh, as far as like the release the debut dates go. It was these two first, and then yeah, they started going one a week. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, they got me for some money. I think when they uh, later on in season four, when they have Darth Maul come back, they released like just a little DVD set of just those four episodes. And, right. And I was all over that. I was like, I don't even want the season. I just want these four. That's awesome. Yeah. So they do that from time to time. They'll like cluster some episodes together, and then we'll have them. Uh, you know, that way to digest and, and take them in. Right. Well, it, it, again, this is like in, in kids, you know, cartoon television, that's, they, they do that a lot. Um, Cause they did it with the Batman anime series quite a bit where they didn't, if I remember right, they didn't necessarily release like the whole season sets, but they would do like, Oh, here's the, you know, here's the Batman's road yeah, set. Yeah. That has, don't, like, <laughs> don't get me started on Batman, the animated series. As far as like, okay. As far as the ordering of it all, it is a nightmare. Like, I have the complete box set, but, like, on disc one, you have, like, four different episodes that all came out, like, at totally different spots. And then if you look at, like, the production dates, it's insane because, like, it doesn't even line up for when they were... It was. It's insane. It's, like, crazy. The only time you can somewhat realize, like, a couple of them have cliffhangers that lead into another episode. And that's right. like, and that's like it. But like, it's a nightmare to <laughs> to get it figured out. Like, um, 
by like production code or like release date, neither one of them makes sense. I think like some fan like hardcore fans out there have made like, okay, so this is Batman year one, this is Batman later on, and then obviously when they get into like the new adventures with Batman and Robin, then those are like later on. Right. Yeah. My point, my point is that they would do things where they would put out like little like little box sets or not like or like a single disc that had like four episodes on it all about the Joker, like the Joker's best episodes or yeah. Mr. Freeze's best episodes. And they kind of the same thing with the anime series too, where they'd be like, Oh, here's here's the four Darth Maul episodes and here's the here's the malevolence episodes and you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got all you. that. I get you. But I mean and yeah, this is I know totally later on and stuff, but I appreciate that Star Wars at least clustered those themes or those characters together. Cause uh again, so like on the the some of the DVD sets it's crazy because you'll be with like Batman and Robin for two episodes and then Robin will just disappear for like six episodes and it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> enough. Uh, uh, hello. Welcome to the Batman animated series podcast. Anyway, um, let's see anything else we want to talk about with ambush before we uh, let the, uh, let the good people go for the day. Um, the other thing I, I didn't get a chance to talk about that I had made a note about is that it's interesting that, you don't when the when the ships when the 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 banking clan ships show up. Uh-huh. There's there's no there's no uh, organic or there's no like general character. It's it's all clone. It's all uh, droids. Yeah. There's no there's no trench. There's no uh, you know you know uh, I don't know whoever else there. There's no like real person. Yeah. It's, it's just a ship. It's a ship full of of, of uh, droids. Yeah, so it begs the question: Why even necessarily bring a ship? Might as well just remotely control those droids that are on the surface. I don't know. Well, no, I just mean like because when they come and they ambush the uh, the ship that Yoda's on uh, on the bridge, of the, yeah, the bridge of the ships, it's all droids. There's no there's no people. Yeah, which is something you don't see. Maybe this is like one of those first battles, and after that, adventures like maybe Dooku, maybe we get real people to uh, come in droids and not just, uh, you know, have droids in charge of droids. Yeah. So, I don't know. Because yeah. even in the next episode, you have, you know, we'll we'll get into, uh, you know, we'll have Grievous and Dooku show up. Yeah. And they're, you know, actually they're hands-on with the droids, um, you know, versus, like I said, it was just kind of a weird that shot. I was like, there were only a couple shots of the, of the bridge of that ship, and you're like, it's, it's just droids. And it's all just B2 droids. And then you have that cool... Uh, 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 tactics droid with the helmet thing. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine working? Uh, can you imagine working Geek Squad with uh, the Separatists? <laughs> right. Like, like, okay, here these got blown up. Can you fix them, please? And you're like, oh, great, cool. And then, <laughs> and then, like, yeah. Can you also install like those non-super annoying, annoying personalities on them too? He's like, I be- actually no. I bet you. The ones with the snarky and dumb like remarks and stuff is just Geek Squad messing with people, being like, "Well, I repaired this one, so I'm gonna make them have a silly attitude now." I don't know. Right? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. So that pretty much wraps up this episode. Um. Look out for the next episode dropping on Thursdays. Hey, I actually haven't re- we haven't really mentioned this uh, during the thing. So typically on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're going to be dropping our Clone Wars Revisited episodes uh, pretty, yep. pretty much on the regular. 
And then from time to time when there's news or trailer drops or just uh, anything fun to do with Star Wars, we're going to be doing our regular Blue Milk Latte show. And we also have our Spotlight On series, which is where we're going to be talking with various uh, Star Wars uh, influencers, people that were part of the movies, people that were in the movies, people that are are just big fans, uh, and we're going to interview them. Um, And those are kind of the big things we got going on here at Blue Milk Latte. Um, yeah. Chris, what would you like to leave with the good people? Uh, don't be too afraid of droids because they're super dumb. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and mine will be, geez, uh, finish the book that you started the other day that you're thinking about setting down. At least give it a hundred pages. I know that sounds like a lot of big time commitment, but just give it a hundred pages. If you're still not feeling it, fine, put it down. But give it a hundred that's that's true uh there's a book series written by the uh you know the the maker himself george lucas that man i must have started reading that first book at least three times before i finally finished it yeah and like once i did it was amazing it's the uh he did a sequel to a series to willow with uh chris with uh, chris claremont okay and the first book is really hard to get into once you get through it the other two are amazing gotcha yeah so that's what we'll leave you this week Um, with you guys this week uh, and may the force be with you thank you for listening please feel free to follow us if you don't already at blue milk latte on facebook instagram and twitter and please rate and review this episode feel free to let us know what you thought about ambush and may the force be with you always